And on Thursday, of course, is Thanksgiving, and the church office will be closed on Thursday and Friday. Those are the announcements I have uh, for the coming week. Uh, I need to recognize Sandra Favreau, who has an announcement for us. Good morning. Good morning. Um, two weeks from today, we'll begin our um, week of prayer for international missions for the Lighting Moon Christmas offering. And um, <clears throat> as I've been thinking about this, an idea came to me that, uh, that I remember seeing one time before. And the whole month of December, we're going to have a jar in the vestibule and one in the Family Life Center. And it'll be a way f- uh, for you to put your change in there. But we're calling it... Um, Change your life for Christ, give to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. So wherever you keep your loose change, uh, maybe you keep it in your car console like me or just wherever. I know a lot of people use plastic now, but maybe you'll have to dig into your piggy banks or your children. Can, you can get them to do it. So, But we'll have those jars there for the whole month of December, and it's just a good way to add to our Christmas, our Lottie Moon Christmas offering. Last year, uh, we went... $200, approximately $200 over our Lottie Moon Christmas offering. It was really a big one. Now, this year, our Lottie Moon Christmas offering gold is $12,015.15. And um, speaking of Lottie Moon, um, there's also going to be a Lottie Moon tea on December the 3rd at Mount Olivet Baptist Church. Um, in Beaver Dam, Virginia, and I heard last year they had a really good time. They have tea and Lottie Moon cookies. You remember Lottie Moon uh, baked cookies for the, well, she was a, a missionary in China and baked cookies for the children there, and it was a way for her to, to meet them. So I just wanted to let you know about that because you do need, if you're going to the Lottie Moon tea, you need to make your reservation by this Wednesday, the 22nd, and Anita Roy's phone number is in the touchstone this week. And as we... Speaking about Lottie Moon, um, Tim announced where you know, everybody's meeting tonight, and the mission friends will be making the Lottie Moon banks tonight. So if you have a child or a grandchild and mission friends, uh, be sure to bring them tonight. And um, if your child has never been, um, we invite you to come too. Thank you. Operation Christmas Child Time. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. 342 completed shoeboxes full of toys and love and hope. Thank you for all that you did, for all that you brought and wrapped and packed, and for all the prayers. God knows who's getting each shoebox. A lady this morning brought a bo- two boxes full of toys, said she'd never had so much fun shopping at Harbor Freight. She says, oh, I hope these get to the right boys. God knows who needs those tools, who those tools will make a difference in their lives. Thank you for being a part of this wonderful ministry. When you hear the bells after lunch, that's the time to come and gather and haul all these 342 boxes right out to the waiting vehicles so that then they can make their next journey on their way to the children God has waiting for them. Thank you.
Shall we pray? Gracious and loving God, as we bow before you this morning with thanksgiving in our hearts, we do so recognizing your sovereignty over us and your grace shown to us through our Savior, your Son, Jesus Christ. We pray, Father, that as we come together this morning, that you will draw near to us, that we will listen for a word from you, and that you will accept our praise and our adoration. Bless this time together. In the name of Jesus, amen. Come, ye thankful people, come. Hymn number 636. Sorry, I didn't know. Keep your bulletin or take your bulletin in hand and you will see the responsive reading printed there. Give thanks. Uh, I will read the bold and uh, Becky will lead you uh, in the other, in the lighter print. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. God's steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord and call upon his name. God blesses us with gifts of love. With food and clothing, home and family. God blesses us with daily work. And all we need from day to day. God protects us in time of danger. And guards us from every evil. God calls us into relationship with him. And forms us into one holy people. The church of Jesus Christ in this place. O Lord, our God, we give thanks to you forever. And again, take your hymnal and turn to hymn number 639, another 
another wonderful Thanksgiving hymn, Now Thank We All Our God. 639, let's stand together as we sing. remain standing for our offertory prayer. Be joyful always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. 1 Thessalonians 5.16. Let us pray. We ask that you receive these offerings as a symbol of love for you. We give thanks to you in all circumstances, and we thank you for the true joy you bring us through your Son, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Lost, but now I'm 
we pray. Oh Lord, we come before you with thanksgiving in our hearts, recognizing, Father, that this service is a time of thanksgiving. We are thankful to live in a country where a day is set aside each year during the week to pause and give thanks for your abundant and overflowing blessings. We are grateful that we have the opportunity to be together in this house of worship today, celebrating your gifts to us, recognizing, Father, that your blessings are too numerous to count, for we are here today because you are merciful and gracious. We give thanks this morning, Father, for the Operation Christmas Child Boxes. We dedicate them to your glory. Recognizing, Father, that as these boxes go around the world, they have the potential to change lives. We are so thankful, Father, that we could have a part in that and that your people have been faithful before you. We give thanks, Father, for this church and for this church family. For the blessings of being together in this place. For recognizing, Father, that as we come here, we do so as brothers and sisters in Christ. Bearing one another's burdens. (coughs) Caring for one another's ills and sorrows. And praising your love for us. We pray, Father, for those who are not with us today because of illness. For those who are facing surgery. For those who are recuperating from surgery. For those, Father, who are dealing with illness. We give them to you. And know, Father, that even in the midst of difficulties, you are there. And your abiding presence can give to us comfort and assurance. We pray, Father, this morning that you would bless those who are dealing with the loss of loved ones during this season of the year. These times of year of the year have a tendency, Father, to bring back memories of loved ones who have passed. And so we pray, Father that your abiding grace will give to them comfort and assurance. As we begin this season, Father, of remembering and committing to give to missionaries around the world, we are grateful for their work. And pray, Father, that you will bless their endeavors wherever they may be. We pray, Father, that you will accept our offerings before you. And that they will be multiplied around the world so that people can hear the gospel story. We pray, Father, for our country, for our leaders, for our military, for those, Father, who protect us 
and police departments. We know, Father, that they are willing to give their lives for us. And so we pray, Father, that as we lift them before you, that you will protect them and give to them the strength and the courage they need. Bless their families as they commit to them. We pray, Father, that as we open your word, that we might find reason to praise as we listen to you. In the name of Jesus, amen.
Our scripture reading this morning is the 116th Psalm, a psalm of thanksgiving. I love the Lord because He has heard my voice and my supplications, because He has inclined His ear to me. Therefore, I will call upon Him as long as I live. The pains of death surrounded me and the pangs of Sheol laid hold of me. I found trouble and sorrow. Then I called upon the name of the Lord. O Lord, I implore you, deliver my soul. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Yes, our God is merciful. The Lord preserves the simple. I was brought low and he saved me. Return to your rest, O my soul, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. For you have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, and my feet from falling. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I believe, therefore I spoke, I am greatly afflicted. I said in my haste, all men are liars. What shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits toward me? I will take up the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord now in the presence of all his people. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. O Lord, truly I am your servant. I am your servant, the son of your maidservant. You have loosed my bonds. I will offer to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving, and I will call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord now in the presence of all his people. In the courts of the Lord's house, in the midst of you, O Jerusalem, praise the Lord. A little boy in the darkest hour of World War II when the British Army was being evacuated from the beaches of Dunkirk came many days to a church to pray. After the minister had seen him several times, he said to the boy one day, I see you make it a habit of coming here, my son. The boy answered, yes, I have been here five times in the last five days. The minister said, I suppose you have one of your family in the thick of it across the channel. My father, sir, said the boy, and then added. But he got home yesterday. So I came to say my thank you to God. One of the greatest Christian virtues is thanksgiving. Our grateful expression of thanks to God as we acknowledge Him as the source of all blessings. Blessings bestowed in grace. Today, we will consider the 116th Psalm that praises God for the personal triumphs He has brought to pass. The author of this psalm has suffered a severe illness and had been in the very jaws of death. We are told that he prayed with faith even against all odds. The psalm is a glorious shout of thanksgiving because of the deliverance from the illness that was already ushering him into the realm of the dead. He declared that because of God's grace, he would keep on praising God. His love for God and his gratitude to him prompted him to do something for the one he loved. So let's look at this psalmist's story and apply his story to our story. Because we all have circumstances and situations in our lives through the years where we have needed to know of God's grace. And we have experienced God's grace in some of our lowest and deepest moments. The psalmist testified to what the Lord had done for him in verses 1 through 8. In Vermont, a farmer was sitting on the porch with his wife. He was beginning to realize how much she meant to him. It was about time, for they had been together for 42 years. And she had been such a help, a very willing worker by his side. One day as they sat together, he said, wife, you've been a wonderful woman that there are times I can hardly keep from telling you. Think about it. 
Wife, you have been such a wonderful woman that there are times I can hardly keep from telling you. We sometimes treat God in the same way. We take for granted His blessings shown to us, His mercy that endures from generation to generation, that keeps us sustained and blesses us. The psalm begins with a declaration which aptly sums up and introduces what is to follow. The psalmist attests, I love God because He hears the sound of my supplication. The verb of the Hebrew text emphasizes the continuing nature of God's response to the cries of the suppliant. The translation he has heard does not make this clear. The poet continues because God pays attention to him. It is his intention to celebrate or proclaim this fact throughout his days. In verse 2 we read, He has inclined his ear unto me. How comforting it is to know that the Lord is interested in us as individuals. He is an intensely personal God who listens to our cries and responds to our needs. I love to read Psalm 23 and meditate upon the personal pronouns. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want... Read the entire psalm with the personal pronouns in mind. We are not alone. Who can read Matthew 6, 25 through 34 without a feeling of grateful security? And let's pause to read those verses. Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you by worry can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry? About clothing, consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. How can we read that? And not feel blessed of God. Listen to, listen to the comforting testimony of Jesus in John 14, 16 through 18. And I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it sees him not neither knows him. But you know him for he dwells with you and you shall be and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. When we contemplate those words, regardless of the circumstances we face in life, we know that we never face them alone. We read on in the psalm and we see that he has heard my voice and my supplications. The Hebrew verb translated heard in verse 1 indicates more than simply to hear. It indicates that God heard and answered. God is always ready to provide. Sometimes we hear, don't we? And we've talked about this before, but we don't listen. God listened to his servant. He listens to us. The words of Jesus in Luke chapter 11 verses 9 through 11 are reassuring. And I say unto you, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asks receives and he that seeks finds. And to him that knocks it shall be opened. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks 
A fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? God loves us. He loves us in such a way that we can find security and hope in him. He offered his grace. He indicated that the Lord is gracious, righteous, and merciful in verse 5. How grateful we should be this Thanksgiving season for the grace of God. Ephesians chapter 2 teaches, For by grace you have been saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. It's good on a day like today when we are concentrating on thanksgiving to hear these beautiful familiar passages that give to us security in the midst of the storm. A man visited a little northern Oklahoma Sunday school. The lesson was on grace. The teacher asked, what is grace? One man answered, grace is the unmerited favor of God bestowed upon us unworthy sinners. Someone else added another thought. Then the teacher looked at a man dressed in overalls. He asked, Bill, what do you say grace is? Bill thought a moment and scratched his thinning gray hair and finally he said, well, I ain't for sure, but I think it means that God provides all the stuff. Simple yet profound, isn't it? God provides all the stuff we need. Spiritually, emotionally, materially, No one in this room can't be thankful. For God has given us far more than we could ever use. In verses 6 through 8, we read that the psalmist says he delivered him. What a tremendous tribute to the grace and mercy of God in verses 6 through 8. For you have delivered my soul from death, mine eyes from tears, and my feet from falling. The psalmist's first allusion to the situation from which he has been delivered goes directly to the seriousness of it. The very bonds of death were tangled around him and the distresses of Sheol, the beginning agonies of death itself, had come to him. He had met anguish and grief, which in such circumstances may be considered harbingers of the end. He was as low as he could go and still be living. And yet out of his cries, God heard and listened. And he will do the same for us. For then he called out the name of God for deliverance. The mere thought of that prayer and the response accorded to it prompts the poet, first of all, to praise God. God is merciful and righteous. Our God, he reminds the congregation, is tenderly compassionate. God keeps a close watch on on godless people. And when the poet was ready to drop, God delivered him. Thus the crisis was passed and so he could say to himself, Relax, for God has accomplished good for you. God has accomplished good for us on the cross. He did what was necessary to deliver us from sin. The psalmist had a terrible plight. He was helpless and God delivered him. In this light, how meaningful are the words of Isaiah chapter 40, verses 28 through 31. Have you not known, have you not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, faints not, neither is weary? There is no searching for his understanding. He gives power to the faint and to them that have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. 
a little boy was leading his younger sister up a steep mountain path. The climbing was difficult for there were many rocks in the way. Finally, the little girl, exasperated by the hard climb, said to her brother, This isn't a path at all. It's rocky and bumpy. Sure, her brother replied, but the bumps are what you climb on. Isn't that life? When we are in need of God, we climb on Him. And whatever may be our trial or our trouble, that's the bump. But doesn't it make you more grateful for what God can do in your life? The psalmist's response to God's goodness is seen in verses 12 through 19. The psalmist turns a final time to his brush with death to attest two things to the congregation. First, he held fast by his faith even when he realized the gravity of the situation. He never gave up his faith. Second, he came to the conclusion that he could depend only on God. I said with in haste, with haste, all men are liars. It is an illusion the poet does not amplify, but one which is heavy with the bitter experience of betrayal and calamity in his life. And so he came closer to God because he realized that in life, God is the only sure thing. And in verse 13, he says, I will take the cup of salvation. This cup of deliverance may very well have been a drink offering lifted in God's presence, then drunk as a symbol of His deliverance come to the psalmist. Salvation here includes more than being saved in initial experience. It includes salvation in the fullest extent with all its attendant blessings. Today, think of the blessings of your salvation and thank God for them. For there is nothing that He can do for you that He hasn't already done through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. I will call upon the name of the Lord, He said in verse 13. Here is a resolution to pray, to commune with God. The psalmist recognized prayer as a valuable ally. I will walk before the Lord. The psalmist testifies that he always will be conscious that God is looking upon his life, knowing every thought, word, and deed. God knows us. Isn't that good to know? To know that he knows us, and in spite of ourselves, he loves us anyway. In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Listen to Psalm 139, 1 through 5. O Lord, you have searched me and know me. You know my downsitting and my uprising. You understand my thoughts afar off. You compass my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, you know it altogether. You have beset me behind and before, and laid your hand upon me. In light of these facts, the psalmist wanted his life to be pleasing to the Lord. Because the Lord knew him. And then he says in verses 14 and 18, Twice I will pay my vows. In his illness, the psalmist had made a vow to God. He promised to publicly praise God and give Him the glory for his life. We must remember that a promise to God is sacred. He promised God that if God would deliver him, he would praise his name. And we should do no less when we come to terms with what God has delivered us from. I will praise the Lord, he says. He not only indicated his own praise to the Lord, but encouraged others to praise him as well. The single most moving thought of this moving psalm is the recognition against the most fired up intention of which a grateful person is capable, that there is simply no way to pay God back. 
But we can, like the psalmist, love and praise him. A missionary in China was living a defeated life. Everything seemed to be touched with sadness. And although he prayed for months for victory over depression and discouragement, his condition remained the same. He finally determined to leave his work and go to an interior station where he could pray and seek victory over his morbid state. When he reached the new place, he was entertained in the home of a fellow missionary. The first thing he saw on the wall was a motto which read, Try Thanksgiving. The words gripped his heart and he thought within himself, Have I been praying all this time and not praising? He stopped and began to give thanks. And immediately his heart was uplifted. This past week I injured my arm so severely that I have to have surgery tomorrow afternoon. So I won't be with you next week. It's one of those things that has to be fixed quickly. I tore the tendon uh, from the bicep to the uh, the elbow. And it has to be fixed. So pray for me. But I have never had an MRI. But I was in the emergency room on Sunday at the orthopedic doctor on Tuesday and at the hospital for an MRI on Thursday morning. If you ever had one, you know the experience. They put my arm above my head and ran me in that machine. And I was in there for 30 minutes with sounds and noise and all the things that come with an MRI. And I panicked a little bit. I don't mind telling you, I panicked a little bit. Now, that's not to scare you away from one. That's me. That's not you, okay? But the only thing that would settle me down was I I sang every hymn I'd ever sung in my head. I prayed every prayer I ever thought. But I also did this and talked myself down. I thanked the Lord for living in a place where health care is readily available And I can get this problem tended to quickly. And you know what? As I stand before you today, that's what got me through. That's what got me through. Thanksgiving. In the midst of trouble. We see it in the psalmist, don't we? This Thanksgiving season, let us remember to praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. Never, ever sell God short. With Thanksgiving in our hearts, we celebrate today and every day the blessings of God. Shall we pray? Oh Lord, we are grateful for your love. We are grateful that in the midst of life, you are there. We are thankful, Father, in good and in bad, knowing that you are there. Help us, Father, to come to terms with thanksgiving so that we can live the abundant life that Jesus speaks of in the now and for eternity. In the name of Jesus, amen. Our hymn of invitation and commitment is hymn number 412. The Savior is waiting. The Savior is always waiting.
for those who would come. There is no better way to give thanks than to accept the gift of salvation that comes to us through Jesus Christ. Have you given your life to Him? Have you done so with thanksgiving? Will you stand as we sing? being a part of this service today. It's a joy to be together, and it's a joy to be, gather, to be together at Thanksgiving. Next Sunday, Dwight will be preaching in both services, and then I will evaluate where I stand after uh, that Sunday as to whether I'll be back with you the following Sunday. My arm will be completely immobilized for two weeks, and then we'll progress from there. I know you're thinking, this is the arm that's hurt, why is he moving it and so forth? That's not really the issue. The issue is if I don't have the tendon repaired, um, I will lose 50% of the strength in this arm over time. And the doctor said, you can't do that. So I said, doctor, I listen to you. So we'll do what has to be done. Um, I'm telling you this because sometimes things get out there and I want you to hear it from me and know the circumstances this is going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. It's just something that's got to be done. I learned a valuable lesson as a middle-aged man. You can't do everything you used to do. Um, so uh, that's where this comes from. And to add insult to injury, I had a fall on Thursday through the attic of my house. So, uh, uh, But I've survived that, obviously. I'm here. And it's been repaired. Thank goodness for a next-door neighbor that does that for a living, fixes those kind of things. Um, So anyway, pray for me and my clumsiness and uh, uh, so forth. But I will go to the uh, uh, surgery center over on the other side of town at 1230 tomorrow afternoon. And it's outpatient and should be home sometime later that evening. And um, again, there will be somebody in the office. Peggy Etheridge is working in Where's Peggy. She... Back, Peggy Etheridge will be working in the office uh, this week because Gene is on vacation and Dwight will take care of anything that comes up. He's in the back there. And also the deacon's um, chair is aware of it. Personnel's all aware of what's going on. And I really am sorry that this has happened to me uh, because it hurts what we can do together. But um, pray for me and I'll be back quickly, I know. So uh, let's uh, have a benediction and a blessing and you know the drill 
to go across the way to eat. The tables are lined up for you. And the tables were set up on Friday for the uh, child care uh, stew. And so that's why they're lined up the way they are. And um, anyway, we will have a good time eating around the table. Let's uh, bow for benediction and blessing. Gracious and eternal God, as we depart today, we do so with thanksgiving in our hearts for the gift of grace, mercy, and love shown to us through Jesus Christ. I pray, Father, that as we depart today, that we will ever be mindful that it is because of you that we are here today. Thank you for the food that we're about to receive and for those who prepared it. Bless it to our bodies as we partake together and give thanks to you. In the name of Jesus, amen.